0: Welcome to this Forum 2000 online chat on the Russian Duma elections. Uh, My name is Miriam Lansfoy. I am senior director for Russia and Eurasia at the National Endowment for Democracy. And with us today, we have Konstantin Egert, who is a um, Russian affairs analyst and a columnist for Deutsche Welle. We're delighted to have Konstantin with us today. He's a frequent participant in the Forum 2000. And um, we, we'd like to begin, Constantine um, with asking you about the upcoming Duma elections. And um, this is you know, hardly the first um, election that the Kremlin has had to manage and do so through um, uh, various uh, machinations. How is this election different?
1: Firstly, Miriam, thanks for having me. Secondly, we shouldn't call this process elections. These are not elections. Uh, The Kremlin plans it as an effective plebiscite that uh, should reconfirm that uh, people are with Putin. And uh, to enact that, only the most trusted actors in Putin's puppet theater are allowed to take part. So uh, don't hold your breath for what will happen in September this year. Uh, No real opposition will be in the Duma. Uh, Moreover, no real opposition, no substantive critics of Putin will participate in this process. And uh, although the old established parties, as they call them, systemic opposition, well, they are not opposition at all um, uh, in Russia, have been slightly updated, uh, have been done up slightly with a few new faces, but in fact, it remains exactly the, the will be exactly the same as it is today with the with United Russia, Putin's party uh, dominating, and then uh, the communist party, uh, the allegedly socialist, uh, just Russia party, and the neither liberal nor democratic, liberal democratic party of Vladimir Zhirinovsky are uh, playing sidekicks uh, to United Russia. Putin is concerned about these elections for some reason, which to me actually remain largely a mystery. Uh, But my only suggestion is that, uh, first of all, it seems the economic situation is not great in the wake of uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And that may give certain worry to to the presidential administration. Secondly, this is the Duma that will be presiding over Putin's next, again, so-called, election in 2024, when he's supposed to prolong his stay in the Kremlin for another for another six years. Um, I think that the only reasonable suggestion is that for that, he needs um, a really pliant legislature, a legislature legislature that will acclaim him uh, and uh, will provide any needed quasi legal support uh, to him staying in the Kremlin for another six years. Uh, So Let's not call that elections and let's not hold our breath for um, any kind of interesting surprises there.
0: So um, le- le- let me ask you a little bit about Navalny's movement and the, the declaration of, of Febaka as extremists. You you think the Kremlin is overreacting and there really wasn't much of a threat there or or was this a very powerful movement? Can it come back through smart vote in the fall even with the pseudo parties that you just described
1: well i don't think that uh there will be any possibility for the navalny team to really really um impact these elections because by the time the election happens they will all be alas either dispersed pushed into immigration or jail and uh, navalny's organization as such i think uh, is being completely erased now because to organize this kind of smart voting, of which I always was in, in two minds. Um, you have to really have an organization on the ground. This organization will not exist by August, I think, definitely. And uh, the only way they can, Navalny's people can impact the elections is uh, through you know, streaming their appeals on YouTube and, and basically online activity, which is fine, but which is definitely not a substitute for the kind of uh, wide nationwide network that Navalny had. Uh, Why Putin is afraid? I don't know, sometimes I I, I, I tend to think that he can't forgive Navalny that he didn't die. And uh, because of that, he's um, enraged and uh, trying to destroy everything that Navalny created. Uh, I do not think that smart voting, smart voting would have been unpleasant for United Russia, but it wouldn't shake, it wouldn't have shaken, Putin's power foundations, uh, because you'll have the same uh, pliant stooges, the same clowns uh, basically playing the role of opposition. Uh, But it it would have unnerved the Kremlin if United Russia got less than they planned for it. Uh, But today we're not talking about it. I think that it's interesting that uh, Russian voting patterns are quite uh, distinct sometimes, and, and sometimes quite paradoxical. Uh, people tend uh, not to vote for the opposition, whatever it is, during a sharp economic downturn. They think that, first of all, they need to hand control to someone, and secondly, they need to survive. They don't want what they call political chaos, quote-unquote, in Russia. So, in a sense, I don't think that uh, that would have been an earth-shattering election, even uh, even if Navalny was free and uh, and and uh, called on his supporters to have the smart voting it would have had an impact but it wouldn't have replaced putin uh, definitely not
0: in in the situation that that has evolved to this point where you know i i think i agree with you that they could have let navalny have his movement without bringing Things to such a crisis, um, but where 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 we are, there's greater confrontation with the West. There's a direct threat to Ukraine, and there you know increasing levels of threat to Ukraine. There's you know increasingly repressive legislation, broadening of undesirables legislation, and so forth. Um, and as you say, they're simply destroying uh, the strongest political uh, network that, that's existed in Russia. And all this situation and with the summit tomorrow, the Biden-Putin summit, how should the West uh, or Biden and, and the G7 um, be be approaching um, Russia and the, and specifically the elections?
1: I think that the Biden's administration, I'm really... Sad to have played Cassandra uh, in this situation. The Biden administration, whatever it's doing, it shouldn't do what it's doing today. It's trying to approach the Kremlin as if it's talking, as if it is Carter talking to Brezhnev or Nixon talking to Brezhnev, Um, managing the new Cold War. That's the kind of thing that uh, uh, that uh, Biden plans. But I think that in the Cold War there was a certain set of rules uh, and a certain trust that existed between Moscow and Washington uh, because of the immensity of the potential of nuclear nuclear confrontation. Um, The rulers of the Soviet Union, whom I definitely very much dislike, um, uh, in their own way, were protecting and defending and promoting the national interests of the Soviet Union as they saw them. They were not a regime that is concerned with survival and staying in power for as long as it wants. They thought they will stay in power forever and the Communist Party will be in power forever. So I think that um, also what is not completely understood in Washington is that uh, unpredictability in such circumstances, when Russia is definitely a, a, a weaker partner than the Soviet Union ever was to the United States, unpredictability is a weapon it is something that has to be wielded against the United States, and generally the global West, if you wish. And uh, no uh, entreaties by Biden in Geneva will stop that. He's not talking to Gorbachev, he's not even talking to Andropov in this, res- in, in this respect. Thirdly, uh, Putin exists, and I think I mentioned it once in Forum 2000 conversations. Putin, Putin's universe is pretty two-dimensional. He lives uh, between two axes: axis excess of strength and weakness and uh, access of uh, respect and lack of respect. And basically, once you are strong, you are respected. And uh, once uh, you see Putin sees a weakness, um, he uses it against you. And in Putin's view, everything that Biden did about Nord Stream 2, basically letting it proceed, uh, Everything that Biden did by not inviting, emphatically inviting Zelensky to come to Washington, President Zelensky of Ukraine to come to Washington before Forum 2000. Everything that Biden is now doing about the, in my view, totally rotten and irrelevant Iranian nuclear deal, uh, signals to uh, Putin with your know, big flashing lights. These are weaklings. This is Obama 2.0 edition. I can do whatever I want with that. Under Obama, I took on Ukraine, then I took on Syria, and all we had were uh, basically expressions of concern uh, from Berlin, Paris, and the White House. Uh, So I suppose that whatever happens in the wake of uh, Biden-Putin talks in Geneva will not be nice. Uh, But um, you've been warned, Putin never lets other partners' weakness pass by unused. Okay,
0: those are really strong words. So you would, you would advise Biden to show strength and more important than what is said at the summit are concrete political actions.
1: Yes, I think that um, a more robust support for Ukraine and uh, uh, this kind of ability to take on German vested interests uh, of Winters Hall and uh, the rest of the crew in Berlin and Frankfurt. Uh, would have been very helpful uh, because Putin all respects those who are ready to suffer for what they think is right. And uh, because uh, we have a generation already of politicians in the West who do not remember the Cold War, who never served in the army, well, with a few exceptions in the American Senate uh, and in the German uh, political class, um, they just don't understand the language of power which Putin speaks for the last 20 years. I mean, it, it was time enough to learn it. So, uh, ispe- But especially, I mean, Putin is used to those who want to understand him in Paris, Berlin, uh, Rome, and Madrid, uh, but I think that in the United States, he's always looking for an opening. And this opening was there when Biden was vice president to Obama and when he had eight years of Obama. And uh, then of course, he sees it now because essentially what he thinks is that he's going to get another edition of the Obama administration, which was not paying too much attention to Europe as such, which was saying, well, Ukraine essentially is a European issue, we're going to deal with China. Yeah, China is a very important issue. But look at what Putin is telling Biden uh, about China in his interview to NBC. He's saying, China is a great friend, I'm not going to let Comrade see down. You're not going to get a kind of Nixon in Beijing, uh, effect in reverse. You're not going to have Biden in Moscow effect, and uh, get me against Beijing. And uh, I think that in these circumstances, uh, everything that the administration is doing, trying to play this uh, these wise Cold War warriors, uh, is not going to bring any effect apart from more dangerous for Ukraine, uh, more dangerous for other countries in Russia's immediate vicinity, and uh, more activity, Russian online activity, and. Uh, of pushing against uh, American interests and Western interests elsewhere in the world.
0: All right. Well, that's uh, uh, quite an analysis. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Constantine. Uh, there. I, I, it, it, one always wants a positive ending. I'm
1: not sure that there is one here. But um, nothing but that's blood, very American of me. Uh-huh. Nothing but blood, sweat, sweat, tears, and sacrifice. Remember, sacrifice is important. I'll give you one last example, Miriam. Uh-huh. When, um, when uh, the Russian authorities uh, said they are not going to uh, let Lufthansa fly a different route uh, to Moscow other than over Belarus, Defending President Lukashenko after defending Lukashenko, uh, let's put it like that, uh, after his act of international air piracy. Um, the German government decided that it will stop flights by Aeroflot to Germany. And in a matter of two hours, you had permission for Lufthansa coming from not the Russian, uh, whatever, IKEA Bureau, uh, but from the Kremlin. That is exactly the language Putin understands. You don't learn it, your problem.
0: All right. I, uh, I, ha- I, I have to agree with you that um, we, we need to learn how to uh, use specific actions rather than ideological yeah. declarations when we, when we work with Putin. Uh, and I think that's, that's a powerful message. And uh, thank you so much uh, for, for all of your... Uh, comments and insights and uh, really appreciate you taking uh, the time to do this. Thank you.
1: Miriam, thank you very much. And thanks to Forum task.